Mrs. Pigglewiggle's Magic, Chapter Eight: The Whatalai Doers. This was Saturday, and the morning of the hike to the big rock. Lee woke up very early, ran into Mimi's room, and jerked back the covers. "Hey, Mimi," he said in a hoarse, excited whisper, "get up quick! This is the day we go to the big rock to have the picnic." Mimi turned over and opened her eyes. She said, "We can't go to the rock today because." It's raining, oh, it is not," said Lee, running to the window. "Tis too," said Mimi. "I woke up in the night and heard it. I was so mad I cried." Lee pulled up the shade, and sure enough, a hard spring rain was streaming down the window, pelleting the bedraggled tulips and bouncing on the roof like popcorn. Lee was almost eleven, but he felt like crying too because he had been counting on this hike for weeks. So had all the other children. Mrs. Pigglewiggle was going to take with them to the big rock, and they were going to walk behind the waterfall and climb up on the rock and take turns looking through Mrs. Pigglewiggle's very powerful spyglass, build a big bonfire, and roast potatoes and weenies. They had planned to leave at six thirty this very morning. Oh, how I hate rain! Said Lee, pounding on the window seat. I'd just like to go out and kick it. Mimi pulled the covers up around her chin. "I don't think I'll get up at all," she said. "It'll just be another rainy Saturday with nothing to do." She closed her eyes, so Lee shuffled disconsolately back to his room and got back into his bed. He lay and started to stare at the ceiling and listen to the pitter pat 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 of rain on the porch roof, and hated everything and everybody in the whole world. When his mother finally called him to breakfast, he came downstairs scowling and hitting at the furniture with his belt. "Put on your belt, dear," said his mother, "and stop snapping at it with things. The buckle might scratch something." Lee said, "Gosh, I hate rain. Why does it always have to rain on Saturday? Why does it, huh, Mom?" Mrs. Wharton said, "It does seem very unfair." I know to have nice weather all week long and rain on Saturday, but you'll just have to learn to take the bad with the good. Where's Mimi? Oh, she's not getting up," said Lee, picking at his eggs and still scowling. Mister Wharton said, "As long as it's raining and you can't go on your hike, this will be a good day to clean the basement." Oh, Daddy," said Lee. "What a horrible idea!" Not at all," said Mister Wharton. You must learn to make the best of things in this world, and the best possible thing you could make of this rainy Saturday is a good job on the basement. And something attempted, something done, has earned a night's repose. Now run upstairs and arouse your lazy sister. Now, boy, dear," said Mrs. Wharton, when Lee had left. Let's not overdo things. Remember, this rainy day is a dreadful disappointment to the children, and I hardly think that cleaning the basement, which is really your job, is an any compensation for their disappointment. Mister Wharton said, "The terrible thing about children today is that they're spoiled. Now, when I was a boy, if I got an easy job such as cleaning the basement, I thought I was most fortunate." The cool, dark basement seemed very pleasant to a boy who had spent hours and hours and hours hoeing cabbages in the red-hot sun. Mrs. Wharton said, 
Your mother told me that from the time you were seven years old, your winters were spent in boarding school and your summers in San Juan Island, swimming, fishing, and playing on the beach. Just when did you do all this grubbing around in a musty cellar and hoeing of cabbages and red-hot sun? I spent one summer on my grandfather's farm, said Mr. Wharton stiffly, getting up from the table, and I was only eleven years old, and I worked very hard and enjoyed it. Martin children are all spoiled. Sometime after Mr. Wharton had left the house, Mimi came clumping downstairs wearing her old clothes and her mother's blue stained mules. She was as cross as two sticks, and her hair looked as if she had combed it with an egg beater. I hate rain, she said, grabbing a piece of toast and spreading it thickly with peanut butter. Mrs. Wharton said, Please put down that toast, go upstairs, and take off my best bedroom slippers, comb your hair, and then say good morning. Mimi stuck her tongue out at Lee and clumped back upstairs. Mrs. Wharton sighed. What a problem this day was going to be, she said to Lee. This would be a fine day to work on your model airplane, Lee said. I don't wanna. Mrs. Wharton said, What about fixing the chain on your bicycle? Lee said, I don't wanna. Then Mimi came back in her own shoes and combed a little and good, said good morning not too sweetly and began eating her toast and peanut butter. Mrs. Wharton went out to the kitchen. Lee followed her. He leaned against the drain board of the sink and said, I hate rain. What'll I do? His mother suggested everything she could think of, but he didn't wanna do anything but lean against things and say, what'll I do? Pretty soon Mimi came out and leaned against Lee and said, what'll I do? She didn't want to make dolls, clothes, she didn't want to paint, she didn't want to play games, and most of all, she didn't want to wash the breakfast dishes. Mrs. Wharton got so disappointed desperate that she was just about to send Mimi up to clean the attic and lead down to clean the basement when the telephone rang. It was Mrs. Pigglewiggle and she wanted both Mimi and Lee to come over to her house right away. She said she had something very important to tell them and could they stay for lunch and dinner. Mrs. Wharton said they certainly could. In fact, she would just as leave not see them again until the rain stopped. Mrs. Pigglewiggle laughed and said that every mother in the neighborhood felt the same way. So Mimi and Lee put on their raincoats and galoshes and started for Mrs. Pigglewiggle's house. The rain blew in their faces, ran down the gutters in the rivlets, and went glunk, glunk, glunk down the drains. In front of the Burbanks, the street drained. The street drain had gotten clogged with leaves, and the whole street was flooded. Mimi and Lee took sticks and poked until they found the grating. Then with their hands, they scraped away the leaves, and pretty soon the water started glugging down the drain. The children watched it for a while, and then gulp, it stopped. Mimi reached down and felt around. Something was stuck in the drain. She jerked and jerked and finally pulled up a large black silk scarf. It was wet and torn. She was just about to throw it away when she noticed something tied to one corner of it. She worked on the knot, and Lee worked on the knot, but the scarf was so wet they couldn't untie it. 
so they decided to carry it to Mrs. Pigglewiggle's and cut the knot with scissors. When they got to Mrs. Pigglewiggle's, all the other children were there, and there was a huge stack of galoshes and umbrellas on the porch, and all the hooks in the front hall were filled with dripping raincoats. Mrs. Pigglewiggle opened the door for Lee and Mimi, told them to hurry and take off their things and to come into the living room as she had something very important to tell them. Mimi showed her the black silk handkerchief, and Mrs. Pigglewiggle said that while Mimi was taking off her things, she would take the scarf to the kitchen and cut the knot. She did, and in a minute came back and handed Mimi a round gold coin. She said, Mimi, I am quite sure that this is a pirate's lucky piece. Mr. Pigglewiggle used to have one, and as I remember, it also was gold and had a skull and crossbones on it. You'd better take very good care of it. Let's see, do you have a hanky? Mimi said, no. So Mrs. Pigglewiggle loaned her one of hers, tied the lucky piece in the corner, put the handkerchief in Mimi's back pocket, and pinned it fast with a safety pin. Now, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle, we'll just go in the living room with the rest of the children, and perhaps later on today we'll be able to test and see if that really is a pirate's lucky piece. That certainly looked like a pirate's black silk handkerchief. I hung it up in to dry in the kitchen, and after a while you can iron it. Sitting around on the floor in the living room were Mary Lou Robertson, Kitty Wheeling, Kitty's little brother, Bobby, Bobby's friend Dickie, Herbert Prentice, Ermintrude Baggs, Gregory Moorhead, Susan Grapple, Molly O'Toole, Chucky Keystop, Dick Thompson, Patsy Prunella Brown, Paraphernalia Grotto, Cormorant Broomrack, Bobby, Larry, and Susan Gray, Catherine and Wilfred Grassfeather, Worthington and Guinevere Gardenfield, Alan Witherill, Crankin Moore, Pergola Wingsproggle, Anne and Joan Russell, Jasper and Myrtle Quietrick, Sharon Rogers, Julia, Linda, Jan, and Jody Johnson, Wendy and T Timmy Hamilton, Christopher Brown, Darcy, Bard, Allison, Burbank, Armand and Armadillo, Pamela, Percy, and Potter Penzel, Mimi Wharton, Dickie Williams, Marilyn Matson, Benji, Stevie, and Sally Franklin, Terry and Teresa Teagle. Everyone was drinking tea and eating cookies and being surly and quarrelsome in a damp, rainy, Saturday sort of way. Mrs. Pigglewiggle sat down on a little stool by the fireplace, made room for Lightfoot the cat, wagged the dog and Lester the pig, who should have been at the grapples, but had stayed home for the hike and picnic, by her feet took a sip of tea, clapped her hands for quiet, and began. I know that this has been a horrid rain, and it has been a quite a disappointment to all of you children. I know because I was very, very disappointed myself last night when I heard raindrops tiptoeing on the roof and tapping at the window. I also know because almost all of your mothers have told me that you children were terrible. What'll I do this morning? However, 
This rain and our not being able to have the picnic is actually the luckiest thing that ever happened, because I need all of you to help me today. Here in this house, you see, a long, long time ago, when Mr. Piggle Wiggle and I decided to build this house upside down, because when I was a little girl, I used to lie in bed and wonder what it would be like if the house were upside down. We couldn't get anyone to build it for it for us because carpenters and contractors thought that building a house upside down was crazy. So Mr. Piggle Wiggle built it himself. He said it wasn't too hard. He just took the plans of a regular house and used them upside down. As you all know, Mr. Piggle Wiggle, before he retired, was a pirate and had collected quite a sizable treasure. Part of this he buried very deep somewhere in the yard. The rest of it he hid in the house in secret cupboards and drawers. I didn't know anything about these secret cupboards and drawers until the house was all finished, when Mr. Piggerwiggle told me about them and said that there was enough secret drawers and cupboards filled with treasure to last me the rest of my life. He would not tell me where they were, because he said he wanted me to experience the joy of seeking and finding treasure. I didn't even look for any of the treasure until after Mr. Piggle Wiggle died. Then one day, when I had used up the very last of my money, I hunted and hunted and finally found a little secret drawer filled with money. This money lasted me for almost a year. Then I hunted for and found another secret drawer with gold pieces in it. I have been doing this for ten years and have, as you know, been living very comfortably. But now I seem to have reached the end. Mrs. Pigglewiggle's sweet brown eyes filled with tears, but she blinked them away and went on. You see, if I hadn't, if it hadn't rained today, we wouldn't have been able to have a picnic anyway because I used the last of the flour yesterday to make these cookies, and now there's nothing at all to eat in the house. All my money has been gone for days and days and days, and I have looked and looked until my eyes hurt for another secret drawer or cupboard, but I can't find one. I stayed up all night long last night, looking and hoping I'd find one before morning so that I could buy the supplies for our hike, but I had no luck. Of course, the money may be all gone, but I just can't believe that. I have never been extravagant, and Mr. Pigglewiggle knew that I was very healthy and would live a long time. No, I think I've lost my feeling for secret cupboards and drawers, and that is why I have asked you children to come over and help me, because I know that there are no better lookers and finders in the world than children. You all know this house. How peculiar it is built, and I'm sure that if anything was hidden in it, you would find it. Now you must all promise me, on your word of honor, that you will not mention this to one soul, not even your mothers and fathers, because if word ever got around that I had money hidden in my house, the burglars would be as thick as thieves. I'm certainly hoping that you will find something before lunch. But if you don't, we'll just have a cup of tea and keep on looking. Fortunately, I have plenty of tea and water. Now, if you don't mind, 
I'm going up to my room and lie down for a little. I'm very tired. Lester got up and helped Mrs. Pigglewiggle to her feet, and then Mrs. Pigglewiggle, Lester, Wag, and Lightfoot went up the stairs to her room and shut the door. For a minute or two, the children just sat and looked at each other. Then Jody said, Boy, I'll bet I can find that old money. I bet it's in the cellar. He jumped to his feet, and he and Jan raced for the cellar door. Chucky Keystop, Wilfred Grassfeather, and Kitty's little brother Bobby followed. Mary Lou Robertson said, I think we girls should wash the teacups and tidy up the kitchen. Come on, everybody. Bring your cups to the kitchen. Herbert Prentice said, I think we should organize this search. Give everybody a certain territory and have reports. Oh, that's dull, said Joan Russell. We don't want report cards. I didn't say report cards, Bonehead, said Herbert. I said reports like soldiers do. I think we should just stack up the cups and immediately start hunting for secret panels, said Molly O'Toole. She put her cup and saucer in the sink and skidded into the pantry. The pantry's my territory, she said. I choose the dining room, said Herbert. You can't have a whole room, said Kitty Wheeling. You can just have one part of the dining room. I put dibs on the buffet. She rushed through the door and put her arms out in front of the old-fashioned built-in buffet, which was in the wall between the kitchen and the dining room, and arranged so that you could put dishes in the cupboards on the kitchen side and take them out on the dining room side, a fact that Kitty didn't know, but Herbert did. He climbed into the lower cupboard through the kitchen side, carefully and quietly opened the door on the dining room side, reached out and pinched Kitty's leg. Kitty gave a terrible yell as though a cobra had bitten her, and Herbert laughed and said, Oh, pardon me. I thought I had found a cupboard of old bones. Just then Jody came breathlessly from the basement. He said, Say, did you know that Mrs. Pigglewiggle's basement is flooded? The water is terrible deep, and we're looking for the money in boats. Old Wilfred Grassfeather was rowing around in a dishpan, and it tipped over, and he looked just like an old beaver swimming around with his old beaver teeth. Jan called from the basement. Hey, hurry up, Jody, and bring some dry cloths for Wilfred. Jody said, Where will I find something dry for old Wilfred? Mary Lou said, There are some old cloths of Mrs. Pigglewiggle's in the attic. Here, I'll get them. She ran up to the attic and got a suit of red woolen underwear out of the old trunk, then called to Wilfred to come upstairs and dry off in the bathroom. Then she went down to the basement and told Jan and Jody to row over to the wood room and get some wood so she could build up the fire and dry out Wilfred's clothes. The basement was certainly flooded. The water was up to the fourth step and getting higher all the time. Wilfred was dripping on the stairs, and Jan and the other boys were rowing briskly around in wash tubs, wash boilers, and dishpans, tapping the walls and hunting for money. Dick Thompson came down and told them to look for the basement drain, but they said they were going to look for the money while the water was high and they could see up by the rafters. 
By this time, every child was crawling, tapping, peering, poking, and feeling around in Mrs. Pigglewiggle's house. By noon, they had found seventeen secret drawers and cupboards, all empty. Patsy found the first one. She went to pull out a drawer in the kitchen and pulled too hard, and it came all the way out. And lo and behold, way in behind, it was another drawer. Patsy screamed with excitement, and everybody came running, even Wilfred looking just like a giant firecracker in, Mrs. in Mr. Pigglewiggle's long red underwear. Then Jody came yelping up from the basement with one leg soaking wet clear to the hip, and he had found a secret cupboard in the tool bench. He just happened to lean hard on the end of the bench to keep his boat from bumping into Jan's, and then the end of the tool bench came open, and there was a secret cupboard, but empty. Then Molly found a, a little door in the ceiling of the pantry and another empty secret cupboard. Then Mary Lou found that one of the bedposts in the spare bedroom unscrewed, and underneath it was a tiny drawer that pulled out, but it was empty. Then Armand Armadillo who, of course, happened to be looking at the encyclopedia, found a little sliding panel in the bookcase, and when he opened it, there was a tiny little cupboard empty. Then Lee Wharton found a brick in the fireplace that came out on little hinges, and behind it was a tiny drawer that pulled out, but it was empty. Paraphernalia Grotto found a a board in the living room floor that lifted up and there was a little cupboard empty. Mimi stood by the window, looked out at the driving rain and thought, everybody but me, everybody but me is finding the secret cupboards and drawers. I'm just an old dummy. Poor Mrs. Pigglewiggle needs the money so much and I don't even know where to look. Tears of self-pity stung her eyelids. See, she searched for her handkerchief, remembered she didn't have one, and wiped her eyes on the back of her hand. "'What's the matter, Mimi?' said a soft little voice. Mimi looked down, and there was Linda Jones, standing forlornly behind the curtain with her thumb in her mouth. Mimi said, "'Everybody's finding the secret drawers and cupboards but me.' Linda said, "'And me. Every time I find a good place to look, one of the bigger, faster children—' has already looked there. Anyway, I'm hungry. It must be way past lunchtime. Pergola Wingsproggle, who was sitting sadly in a chair nearby, said, It's almost two o'clock, and I'm starving. Are there any cookies left? Mimi said, Not one, but we can make some more tea. I'll bet poor Mrs. Pigglewiggle would like some. How do you make tea? said Linda. Oh, you just put some tea in the pot and pour in some hot water, said Pergola, who had never made any. All right, then, you make it, said Mimi. Linda and I are going to take a look at the attic. They went up to the little winding attic stairs, but Mary Lou Robertson, Anne and Joan Russell, and Julie Jones were already up there poking around and arguing. This trunk's mine, said Anne. No, I already chose that trunk, said Julie. I'm going to look in this old desk, said Joan. Go ahead, said Mary Lou. Dick Thompson and Gregory Moorhead already almost tore it apart. Oh, boy, I'm going to look in this old toy box, said Linda. 
People don't hide money in toy boxes, said Anne. I do, said Linda. I had twenty-five cents in mine last Christmas. Mimi went over and stood by the chimney. It was warm, and she felt cold, a little damp, and very sad. Ouch! Something stuck her. She felt her back pocket and found the safety pin pinning Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's handkerchief in her pocket. Had come undone. Mimi tried to fasten it, but it wouldn't fasten. It seemed to be broken. She took it off and threw it away. Then suddenly the wind gave a big howl and the lights went off. It wasn't dark outside, but it was completely dark in the attic, except for a little bit of milky daylight that squeezed in through the one small cobwebby window. The children all began scrambling around, bumping into each other and the furniture, trying to find the stairway. Little Linda Jones fell over the toy box she had just been searching through and began to bawl. Somebody pushed me. There's a ghost up here, Mimi said. Don't be silly, Linda. The lights were on just a second ago, and there wasn't any ghost up here. Here, give me your hand. But as she bent over to help Linda, <clears throat> her clothes caught on the loose board back of the chimney, and suddenly she was as scared and panicky as Linda. She knew that it was only a loose board that snagged her back pocket, but in the darkness it felt like a strong, bony hand. Everything else up in the attic seemed to have changed, too. The big old-fashioned dresser now looked like a great monster with paws raised ready to pounce. Mr. Piggle Wiggle's shabby old trunk looked like a coffin. The old broken rocking chair looked like a witch's knee by her cauldron, and the desk looked like the opening to a big cave. Mimi jerked her pocket off the board, and she and Linda stumbled across the attic and down the stairs. Down in the living room, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle was lighting big, fat, white plumber's candles and distributing them to the older children. Be careful, she warned each one. Don't put your candle down. Just give it to someone to hold for you. Has anyone had any luck yet? I did, yelled Patsy. I found a secret drawer, but it was empty. The other children all told her of their finds, but added every time. It was empty. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said, don't worry about finding only empty secret cupboards and drawers. The important thing is that you found them. That your eyes and ears are so sharp that you found in a few hours what it has taken me ten years to find. Now everybody get busy. I just know you're going to find a new secret cupboard before the lights go on again. Isn't it fun to hunt for secrets in the dark? Aren't you glad there's a storm? The children all said, yes, in a scary, hushed voice, took their candles and began to search again. Mimi was the last to get a candle, and when Mrs. Pigglewiggle handed it to her, she said, Hasn't your lucky piece helped you find the secret yet, Mimi? Mimi said, Oh, no, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, I'm just terribly dumb about finding things. I've looked and looked, and I haven't even found one secret cupboard. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Take out your lucky piece and rub it hard between your thumb and first finger. You'll just see if it really is a real pirate's lucky piece. Mimi reached in her pocket, and Mrs. Pigglewiggle's hanky with the lucky piece tied in the corner was gone. She reached in the other pocket, 
and it wasn't there either. She said, It's gone, Mrs. Pickle Wiggle. I've lost it. Then she remembered how she had caught her pocket on the board behind the chimney in the attic. She said, I think I know where it is, though. I think I left it up in the attic. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said, Do you want me to go up with you? Mimi did, but she didn't want to admit that she was afraid, so she said, Oh, no, I'll, I'll take my candle and go up. I know just where to look. She ran up the stairs and to the door to the attic so fast her candle flame leaned way over to one side and threatened to go out. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle called to her, Better take some extra matches, Mimi. It's drafty in the attic. There are some on that little shelf there by the landing. Mimi grabbed a handful of matches and then started slowly up the attic stairs. Her candle flame grew very high as if it were trying to peer over the stairway, then ducked down as a sudden gust of cold air flew at them from under the eaves. The sounds of the storm were much clearer up here. The wind moaned and whined around the eaves, and the rain lashed furiously at the window and hammered hard on the roof, demanding to get in. Mimi held the candle high and looked around. There was the trunk, there was the rocking chair, and there was the toy box, and there was a terrible monster. Oh no, it was the bureau. She picked her way over to the chimney. Oh, it was dark over there. A gust of wind blew her candle out. It was a big gust of wind, almost like an open window. Mimi hurriedly struck one of the matches. It blew out, too. She struck another, and it also blew out. Another and another. Finally, she had only two left. With trembling fingers, she lit the next to the last one. The flame held, and the candle sputtered, and then flared cozily. Mimi bent over and peered behind the chimney. There was the board, and there, hanging in the corner of it, was Mrs. Pigglewiggle's handkerchief. Mimi reached for it, but it seemed to be caught on something. She jerked hard, and slowly a big piece of the attic wall opened. Mimi held her candle high so she could see better, but behind the piece of wall, which was hinged like a little door, there were six drawers with little handles. Mimi opened one. It was stuffed full of green paper money. Mimi opened another, and it was filled with gold pieces. She opened another, and it was filled with silver. Another held jewels, and another held more paper money, and another was gold. Mimi rushed to the stairway and yelled, Mrs. Pigglewiggle! Mrs. Pigglewiggle! I found it! I found it! Money and jewels! Hurry! Everyone came running, but the first to poke his head over the attic stairway was Lester. Mimi knelt down and hugged him. Oh, Lester, dear, she said. Mrs. Pigglewiggle's rich. Isn't it wonderful? Lester smiled. When Mrs. Pigglewiggle came up, she walked over to the secret cupboard and just stood with her arm around Mimi, with tears streaming down her eyes. Mimi opened the drawers one by one, and Mrs. Pigglewiggle looked at the treasure and wiped her eyes. Dear Mr. Pigglewiggle, she said, I knew he wouldn't forget me. I just knew it. As each one of the children had to see the cupboard and examine the treasure, 
hear over and over exactly how Mimi had found it, and see and feel the wonderful magic lucky piece, it was dark before they finally went downstairs. Then Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said, My goodness, how selfish I've been. Here you poor children are all hungry, and I've been so excited over the treasure I forgot all about dinner. What do you say we have our picnic after all? We'll roast potatoes and weenies in the fireplace. We'll get chocolate ice cream, and I'll bake a cake to celebrate. Now first I'll go to the store, and while I'm gone you boys can row to the wood room and get a lot of wood so we can have a nice roaring fire and dick would you please go down and see if you can find the basement draw uh, drain mimi you and mary lou and kitty come to the store and help me carry the groceries and you molly and herbert see what everyone has on see that everyone has on dry clothes and that the house is picked up a little just then the lights went on Hooray! Hooray! shouted everyone, but Jody and Lee, they said, Oh, darn the old lights! It was lots more fun in the basement rowing around with candles. We pretended we were in a flooded mine, and we used our candles to test the air for oxygen. When you go down again, use your paddles to test the floor for a drain, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle, laughing. Just then Dick Thompson came running up from the basement. He said, Say, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, I found the drain, and there was something over it, so I scraped it off with this stick, and look, it seems to be a letter to you. Mrs. Pigglewiggle took the soggy piece of paper and read, Dear Wife, My last secret cupboard is very hard to find, so I am leaving this letter on your gardening shelf in the basement, as I am sure that before too many years this shelf will become so crowded and cluttered you will have to clean it off, and then you will find this letter. The last secret cupboard of treasure is behind the chimney in the attic. Just jerk hard on the old loose board. Your very loving husband, Mr. Pigglewiggle. Well, for heaven's sake, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle, I looked on that garden shelf last night, and I remember when the letter fell to the floor. I thought it was an old empty seed packet and didn't bother to pick it up. I never would have found it if it hadn't been for you, Dick. I never would have found the secret drawers. This rain certainly has brought us luck. It clogged the drain by the Burbanks so Mimi would find the pirate's lucky piece, and it clogged the drain in my cellar so I would find Mr. Pigglewiggle's letter. I guess from now on I'll always have to like rain, even on picnic days. The End well, that was a funny story. Have you ever had a treasure hunt in your house? It's a pretty fun idea. We've read Mrs. Pigglewiggle, Hello, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, Mrs. Pigglewiggle's Magic, Mrs. Pigglewiggle's Farm, and the last book of the Mrs. Pigglewiggle's collection is Happy Birthday, Mrs. Pigglewiggle. When Mrs. Um, Pig, let's see, the author of Mrs. Pigglewiggle, Betty McDonald, died. Her daughter was going through her things, and she found a half-written book called Happy Birthday, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, and she finished the book. That's the one book we haven't read, and eventually I'm going to find it and we'll read it. But for now, the book we're going to read is especially for my brother, because I think he will enjoy this one. It's called A Genius in the Family, 
And it's about a dad who is an inventor. And he's a really funny guy. He does a lot of silly things. So that's the book we'll read next. Join me for that.